podcast episode 050. You're seen to chat about life, family, and of course, Humphreys McGee. I'm Sarah Tahiniak, podcast host, writer, mom of three, wife, and total Humphreys. Are you prepared for what comes next? Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the show. I hope that you were able to check out last week's episode, which featured my interview with fellow Umfreak and Mama, Tiffany Roski. There is a link in the show notes if you would like to give that a listen. And before we dive into this week's episode, I just wanted to say how awesome it is that this is episode number 50. I cannot believe that there has been this many episodes of the podcast. And as you may know, the show recently celebrated its one year, beginning of May. So having this other milestone come up so soon after the show's birthday is very awesome and exciting. And again, thank you to everyone that has supported me in some way during the past year on this amazing adventure. Very, very excited for what the future holds. Also, if you are listening to this episode when it airs, it's summer camp week! I am incredibly excited for this weekend, jam-packed with so much music. Umphreys plays five sets this weekend, and Doom Flamingo plays like three times, including their VIP lounge set. 30DB will be playing Thursday night, and Bayless will be playing with Fate Night on Friday. In addition to all of the other music going on that weekend, I'm personally very excited to see Ben Harper on Sunday. He has been on my list of musicians I want to see since, like, forever. (laughs) So I'm super, super excited for that. I am pleased to announce that I also was granted media access for the festival Quick shout out to Brad Miller and the summer camp team for giving me that. Thank you very much, guys. Very excited for all that will come with those credentials. And of course, I will be bringing you guys the most in-depth Umphreys McGee summer camp recap on June 4th. So stay tuned for that. All right, so let's get to this week's show. The band recently made a stop at the Charlotte Shout Festival on May 10th. The Shout Festival, a celebration of art, music, food, and other creative ideas, held in Uptown Charlotte, took place from April 29th through May 11th. There was over 75 concerts held, various art installations, and all sorts of other stuff that went on throughout those two weeks. It really looks like an awesome time all around. I will actually throw a link to their website in the show notes so you can check it out if you're interested in going next year. Of course, I must bring up the very exciting and very awesome and honestly blew my mind when I heard it, news from Umphreys. If you've not heard, the band will be playing next year, March 20th, 21st, and 22nd, 2020, in Reykjavik, Iceland, at the Eldborg Concert Hall Herpa. I believe that's the way that we kind of say that whole thing. But yes, the band is in fact 
playing in Iceland. I still trying to wrap my mind around this whole thing and trying to wrap my mind around the fact that my husband and I are going to Iceland. No, I never thought in my wildest dreams that we would be going there and seeing Umphreys there. So this is just absolutely amazing and exciting. The building where they're going to be playing the show looks absolutely beautiful. And when I was looking up some information about it, apparently the building has this really distinctive colored glass facade on it. The pictures are amazing on the inside too. It's like red and everything. I mean, it's just, it's going to be absolutely just out of this world. Um, apparently the acoustics are amazing inside of there and the building has won awards for architecture. It's just absolutely amazing. The shows inside this building are going to be once in a lifetime out of this world experience. And as if seeing Umphreys in Iceland was not enough. The shows are actually going to be taking place during the peak Aurora Borealis viewing season. So you'll be able to see the Northern Lights while you're there. There's volcanoes and geysers and hot springs and glaciers and all sorts of shit. Like I am just, I can't even, (laughs) I'm so excited to go and experience this country everything that it has to offer. Um, It's just, I'm so blown away by this opportunity to travel. And I mean, for them, I can only imagine how they feel being able to play in Iceland. Um, Forbes magazine actually said that Iceland was one of the 21 most beautiful places in the world. I just, I cannot wait to view that beauty with my own eyes. It's going to be absolutely amazing. And once again, I'm very grateful for Umphreys because I never myself would have had the initiative to step outside of my comfort zone and travel to Iceland. Um, So thanks to them, I'm going to be seeing a part of the world that I never, ever thought that I was going to see. So thank you very much, Umphreys, for, you know, putting this together. It's going to be an amazing weekend and an amazing time with my husband. And of course, getting to see all of my um, family in Iceland. It's just going to be absolutely amazing. And of course, um, VIP has the hookup. There um, are packages with or without hotels, Um, There's also different days, different amount of days you can stay depending on, you know, if you want to do the touristy thing before or after. Um, So much stuff. Tickets for pre-sale and um, VIP packages go on sale Wednesday, May 29th at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, And the public on sale for this is Friday, May 31st. So, this is something that you want to do, definitely get your ducks in a row and make it happen. All of the information about this run can be found in the show notes. And I will also link some information about the venue in the show notes as well. So you can check out this amazing 
venue. And seriously, guys, you're definitely not going to want to miss these shows. So whatever you got to do to get in the plane and get to Iceland, this is going to be amazing. I am super excited to see all of you in Iceland spring 2020. Before we dive into the two-set show that the band played on May 10th, I wanted to mention that Doom Flamingo played again an after-party at the Visalite Theater in Charlotte. Joel did sit in with them. I'm not sure what song or anything, but I did see like some Instagram videos, and he did mention it on Twitter. Um, if I find any videos that I can share, anything like that, I'll be sure to throw them in the show notes so you can check them out. All right, so let's get to it. The first set opens with Remind Me, setting the tone for the evening with it clocking in at about 15 and a half minutes. The first song of the evening heading on a very nice little adventure that they send out early on, only slightly after three minutes, and it quickly gets comfortable and finds its groove as it adventures on. But it does switch directions a few minutes later, about seven minutes. It gets dancier and funkier with Bayless leading the way for a little bit before letting that twinkle out for a minute, but it stands right back up to continue dancing along again for a little bit again before it starts to gently dissipate out, sort of scattering and sprinkling all over before pausing and then slamming right into the aggressive sex metal portion of the song. I love it when they do that, when they just like instantly pivot and kind of like schizophrenically decide they're going right into the sex metal part of that. I just love it. Slacker coming up, dedicated to the folks in the cheap seats. This one begins its adventure also very early on, slightly after two minutes, and it slips right into a gritty and sexy jam. It slows down a few minutes later, opening up slightly to get a little bit of air to it before the pieces start to all seductively dance and build back together. Joel throughout this part of the jam, all the way up until they take this jam all the way out and up to the ceiling and spill it out and over back into slacker. About seven minutes. That whole part right in there are moments during a show when I just yell, fuck yeah, Joel, as loud as I can. I will own it. I will admit it. And I mean, come on, we've all said it at least once. Um, A little Nemo sandwich coming up next that honestly is all about the meat inside of it. This sociable Jimmy in there. It settles down slightly after four minutes and then Stasek picks it up to play around for a little bit before the pieces come back all together and continues to dance along until it breaks open slightly before eight minutes. Joel, Stasek, and Chris right here laying down some funk and letting it enjoy itself for a few minutes before beginning the journey back home, back into Sociable, and then stepping right back into the last few minutes of Nemo. 
Roulette Next, dedicated to their good friend, Don Richards. Bayless mentions that he always asks for this, and I know exactly why. And if you've been listening to this show for any length of time, specifically in the past five months or so, or if you know me personally, (laughs) then you know exactly how I feel about this song and how it has been haunting me lately. I know we all have one, so you can feel, you can sympathize in my feelings here. Seeing this definitely hurt, um, but I'm going to admit I am holding out hope that they'll play it during summer camp. And with as many sets as they're playing, the possibility is good. So hopefully, fingers crossed. Not skipping a beat and stepping right into the triple wide that heads way out into outer space slightly before four minutes and just goes off on this interstellar dance party jam adventure. The triple wide is always an adventure, but I will have to say whatever has been happening to this song recently in 2019 has been a lot of fun to listen to. I did tuck this version away onto my 2019 Hall of Fame list to definitely remember to come back and listen again to it later on. Also hiding away on my Hall of Fame list is the Triple Wide from January 18th at the Taft Theater in Cincinnati, as well as the Triple Wide from March 29th at the Ryman in Nashville, that one featuring the Rhiannon by Fleetwood Mac jam inside of it. I felt that both of those versions from earlier in the year, in addition to the recent Triple Wide that we saw in Charlotte, um, definitely are worth coming back to when it's time to vote for Hall of Fame again. So lately before seven and a half of this triple wide, we hear that jam from earlier in the year from It Doesn't Matter at the Portland show. I will link that episode in the show notes as well so you can hear it. Um, but this is most certainly a growth of that from back in February, and honestly, if you're a nerd about stuff like this, like I am, I suggest that you give that last, that episode a listen, and I know that there's at least one other time that it appeared this year too, Um, and I will link that episode in the show notes too, so you can, you know, listen to the progression of that if you're interested. That jam morphs and grows and opens and expands into its own beast before it snaps right back into the triple wide. I really love the way that they transitioned back into that. A cover of the Rolling Stones' Can't You Hear Me Knocking with G-Love on harmonica, who actually opened for Umphreys earlier that evening, and Mike Quinn on saxophone from Doom Flamingo to close out the first set of their show at the Charlotte Shout Festival. This tune, they have covered a total of 32 times, including this time here. The debut of that came during the band's New Year's Eve run back in 2007 on December 30th at the Aragon Ballroom in Chicago, of course. That 
version, the first time they played it, actually features Jeff Coffin on saxophones. Yes, more than one. I've actually seen him, you know, pictures of him doing that. And then um, I will admit I've seen a lot of Dave Matthews Band. And I've seen him do that when he has played with Dave. And it's absolutely just incredible. Um, listening to this version here from Charlotte, you can totally tell why they've covered this song 32 times. They have such a great time playing it. And again, it's a really nice canvas for them to make it their own, but at the same time still paying you know, mad respect to the original song. The second set, which when you're looking at the set list on paper, we see that it's just actually this really fatty, meaty, and delicious, nothing too fancy sandwich. And it starts to spread its wings wide and just takes off after a four-minute build-up into the song, and it just flies and soars way out on this expansive adventure. And then it circles back in about four minutes later, and then it just heads way back out again on its way. And they bring it down to land about ten and a half minutes, where they let it cool for a little bit, but then it starts to build back up, gathering all of its pieces and the confidence, and it just grows larger and larger, gaining this momentum and opening right up, but abruptly comes down to earth to catch its breath. And I envision this, you know, thing just triumphantly and sort of cocky walking out of that nothing too fancy leaving it unfinished and dancing right into party and peeps of course always fun followed by bridgeless that sinks into its jam slightly before five and a half sliding right out of bridgeless and confidently dancing along for a little bit until about 10 minutes, it comes down and gently dances around, leaving it totally behind and also unfinished, stomping instead into attachments. This one does not adventure or jam out at the end, as we have seen in recent attachments. The jam recently played at the Praise Festival recently in Aspen, also without the extended jam at the end. Wappy, that begins to head out slightly after four minutes and blossoms open to a beautiful and hopeful soaring jam about two minutes later when it comes down to sea level and it changes directions and gets this aggressive, sneaky spy vibe to it as it soldiers on growing and gaining more and more power to it before it grows into this monster and it just slowly drags its massive and heavy legs back into Wappy, building way, way, way up and then smashing back into Wappy full force. I love 
the power behind that song. And then picking the end of Bridgeless right up, the always beautiful Glory coming up next with a nice little roundabout tease from Jake. And I swear to God, he loves to tease everybody with the beginning of that roundabout. That's why during the New Year's Eve run this past year, when they actually played roundabout, and he's teasing it the entire time I'm looking at my husband like, it's not going to happen. Like, every single time I've gotten my hopes up, it's always changed to something else. So I did not think it was going to happen. But boy, that made it so much more delicious when it actually did. <laughs> um, but he actually does t- tease it there for a little bit longer than, you know, he has in the past. But does switch gears and takes it into that aforementioned glory. Then they slide right into the ending of Nothing Too Fancy, seductively at first, and then opening it up again to bring this second set full circle and to a close. Encore, a cover of the Pink Floyd song Comfortably Numb, covered by the band a total of 27 times, including this one here. They first played this iconic Floyd song on February 22nd, 2009, and I've mentioned plenty of times how much I personally love when they cover Floyd and honestly how perfect it really is for them to play. This version is definitely no exception. Jake just absolutely destroys this song, and if you've never listened to them cover this, you most certainly need to give it a listen. So that's all I have for this week's episode of the show. Anything referenced throughout the episode can be found in the show notes, as well as the set list for the shows discussed and where you can give them a listen. If you have any questions or comments about anything talked about in this show or any other episode, please feel free to reach out. I love hearing from you guys, so please don't hesitate to contact the show. All of that information is in the show notes as well. And thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you around these parts next week. Much obliged.